0: I'd like to welcome you all today to the Prosperos Sunday meeting. The Prosperos is a school of ontology which was founded in 1956 by Thane Walker. Um, you know, ontology is a very interesting word and if you haven't looked at it, I strongly recommend going to the dictionary and looking that word up because essentially what it means is a science of beingness and our school is all about studying the science of being. Now, today we are privilege to have a wonderful speaker who's been a longtime student in the Prosperos. Her name is Ann Bowman. And Ann actually was one of those few people that actually grew up in the school of the Prosperos. She used to tell stories about how her mom used to drag her and her sister to classes that uh, Thane was conducting. And she'd sit in the back of the room coloring or doing some other chore while Thane was delivering his material. So she's been one of the longest uh, students in the Prosperous for an incredible amount of time. Uh, She originally from Glendale, California, but moved to Colorado in the early 50s, I guess. And she stayed here up until 1980. And that's around the time that I moved to Colorado. And so we had a little bit of overlap. We were talking earlier about some of the fun meetings we used to have here. We used to have open meetings. Ann has given many classes for the Prosperos and also workshops and done talks at our assemblies and our Sunday meetings before. She continues to volunteer in various capacities for the Prosperos. She's a member of the Board of Trustees and her interests uh, include astrology, uh, reading historical fiction, and doing jigsaw puzzles. Today, she's going to talk to us about the topic of cultivating your intuition. So, without further ado, as everybody likes to say when they're introducing people, uh, no more doo-doo. Ann, you're up. (laughs) Thank you, Richard. Thank you.
1: Hello, everyone. Um, I chose the topic of intuition because it's something that that is really important, and and I don't think we give enough um, attention to. So um, the first question is, what is intuition? Clarissa Pinkola Estes, in her book *Women Women Who Run with the Wolves*, tells us it is the treasure of a person's psyche, a divining instrument through which one can see with uncanny interior vision, it is like a wise old woman. You, ex- who is within you always, who tells you what the matter is, tells you exactly where whether you need to go left or go right. And cultivating your intuition is not only for women. Miss um, Esty's book deals with more with women and, and helping empower women, but men have intuition too. They just don't use it or acknowledge it maybe as much as women do. Cultivating intuition can best be illustrated with a Russian fairy tale called The Doll in Her Pocket, Vasilisa the Wise. Vasilisa is a young girl who is pretty obedient to her parents. She has a really nice attitude. She's cooperative and... um, She pays attention to what her, she follows what her parents say. But her mother um, takes ill and is ill for some time, and then she dies. But before she dies, she gives Vasilisa a doll and she tells her to keep it with her always. And whenever she needs help, she's to consult the doll. After a time, Vasilisa's father remarries. And it's a woman who has two daughters, um, the stepmother and the stepsisters think qu- quite a lot of themselves. They think they're, they're um, very important. And coming into the family, they see Vasilisa as someone who's not very important. So they try to put her down. They give her all the menial tasks that they don't want to, to do but Vasilisa continues to be helpful and she doesn't complain. Eventually, the stepmothers decide that they cannot stand Vasilisa's cheery attitude, so they have to do something. They're going to have to get rid of Vasilisa. Well, I want to pick up with the story. Um, the stepmother says, Let us conspire to make the fire go out in our home, and then we can send Vasilisa into the forest to the witch Baba Yaga, and she can beg for fire from Baba Yaga. And knowing that Baba Yaga is a witch, she might decide that she wants to eat Vasilisa, so our problem will be solved because Vasilisa may not come back. So when Vasilisa comes home from gathering wood for the fire, her stepmother says, "Um, the fire's gone out. You're going to have to go out and get more wood. And And Vasilisa says, well, what's happened? What are we going to do? How are we going to fix food? The stepmother admonishes, you stupid child. Obviously, we have no fire. And I can't go out into the woods because I'm old. My daughter can't go out because they're afraid. So you are the only one who can go out into the forest to find Baba Yaga and get a coal to start our fire again. Well, okay, I guess that's what we'll do. So she reaches into her pocket, makes sure that she has her doll and she sets off to the forest. And at every fork in the road, Vasilisa, Vasilisa reaches into her pocket and consults the doll. Well, should I go to the left? Should I go to the right? This way? That way? And the doll tells her. And as along the way, Basilisa will feed the doll some of the bread that she has taken with her and um, will pay attention to what the doll prompts her to do as they walk. At some point, as she's walking through the forest, the Baba Yaga appears, a very fearsome creature. She travels not in a chariot, not in a coach, but in a cauldron, shaped like a mortar which flies along all by itself. She rows the vehicle um, with her broom as if it's an oar. And the cauldron flies through the uh, sky with Baba Yaga with her greasy hair flying behind her. Her long chin is curved up and her long nose curved down and they meet in the middle. She has a tiny white goatee and warts on her skin. Um, And that's because she trades in toads. So even more strange was the Baba Yaga's house. It sat atop a huge scaly chicken legs and walked all about itself, and sometimes twirled around and around like an ecstatic dancer. The bolts on the doors and shutters were made of human fingers and toes, and the lock on the front door was made with a snout with many pointed teeth. Vasilisa consulted her doll and asked, is this the house that we seek? And the doll in its own way answered, yes, this is what you seek. And before she could take another step, Baba Yaga, in her cauldron, descended on Vasilisa and shouted down at her. What do you want? And the girl trembled. Grandmother, I come for fire. My house is cold. My people will die. I need fire. Baba Yaga snapped. Oh, yes, I know you and your people. Well, you useless child, you let the fire go out. That's an ill-advised thing to do. And what makes you think I should give you any fire? Vasilisa consulted the doll and quickly replied, because I ask. And Baba Yaga says, that is the right answer. Vasilisa felt very lucky that she'd given the right answer. But then the Baba Yaga threatened, I cannot possibly give you fire until you've done work for me. If you perform these tasks for me, you shall have the fire. If not, and here Vasilisa saw saw Baba Yaga's eyes turn suddenly to red cinders, if not my child, you shall die. So Baba Yaga rumbled into the hovel and laid down upon her bed and ordered Vasilisa to bring her what was cooking in the oven. It was enough to feed 10 people, and the Yaga ate it all. She only left a tiny crust and a thimbleful of soup for Vasilisa. Wash my clothes, sweep the yard, clean my house, prepare my food, and separate the mildewed corn from the good corn and see that everything is in order. I will be back to inspect your work later. If it is not done, you will be my feast. And with that, Baba Yaga flew off in her cauldron with her nose as the windsock and her hair as the sail. And it became night again. Vasilisa turned to her her doll as soon as the Yaga had gone. What shall I do? Can I complete these tasks in time? The doll assured her she could. And... She said to eat a little bit and go to sleep. The Vasilisa fed the doll a little, and then she slept. In the morning, the doll had done all the work, and all that remained was the meal to be cooked. In the evening, the Yaga returned and found everything done. Pleased in a way, but not pleased, because she wanted to find fault with uh, Vasilisa, but she sneered you're a very lucky girl. She then walked to her faithful servants, called her faithful servants to grind the corn, and three pairs of hands appeared in midair and began to rasp and crush the corn. The next task, the yaga pointed to a great mound of dirt in the yard. In that pile are dirt and many poppy seeds, millions of poppy seeds, and I want in the morning to have one pile of poppy seeds and one pile of dirt, all separated from each other. Do you understand? Vasilisa almost fainted. Oh my, how am I going to do that? She reached into her pocket and the doll whispered, don't worry, I will take care of it. That night, Baba Yaga snored off to sleep and Vasilisa tried to pick the poppies out of the dirt. Again, the doll accomplished the tasks while Vasilisa slept and the old woman returned home to find that everything was done. With Yaga eating her food, she saw that Vasilisa was staring at her and she says, why are you staring at me? Vasilisa says, may I ask you some questions grandmother? Yes, ask, but remember Too much knowledge can make a person old. Vasilisa was about to ask about the pairs of hands that appeared and disappeared, but the doll began to jump up and down in her pocket. So instead, Vasilisa said, No, grandmother, as you yourself say, to know too much is to be old too soon. Ah, the yaga said, You are wiser than your years, my girl. And how did you come to this, to be this way? By the blessing of my mother. Blessing? We need no blessings around this house. You best be on your way, daughter. She pushed Vasilisa out into the night. I'll tell you what, child. Here. Baba Yaga took a skull with fiery eyes from her fence and put it on a stick. Here, take this skull and stick back home with you. There, that's your fire. Don't say another word. Best be on your way. Vasilisa began to thank the Yaga, but the little doll in her pocket began to jump up and down. Vasilisa realized she must take the fire and go. She ran for home through the dark forest, following the turns and twists in the road as her doll told her which way to go. Vasilisa came through the forest, carrying the skull, with fire blazing from its eyes, its ears, its nose, and mouth. Suddenly, she became frightened of its weight and its eerie light and thought to throw it away. But the skull spoke to her and urged her to stay calm and continue toward the house of her stepmother and stepsisters, and this she did. As Vasilisa came nearer and nearer to the house, the stepmother and stepsisters looked out the window and saw a strange glow dancing through the woods. Closer and closer it came. They could not imagine what it could be. They had decided that Vasilisa's long, uh, that Vasilisa, um, her long absence meant that she was dead by now and her bones dragged away by the animals in good riddance. Vasilisa advanced closer to home and as the stepmother and step-sister saw it was her, they ran to her saying they had been without fire since she had left. And no matter how hard they tried to start one, it always went out. Vasilisa entered the house triumphant for she had survived her dangerous journey and brought her fire back to her home. But the skull on the stick watched the stepsisters and stepmother and watched their every move and burnt into them. By the morning, it had burnt the wicked Uh, trio into cinders that's kind of an abrupt ending to the story but what do we learn from this story we have intuition but we have forgotten that we have this attribute sometimes it takes something a person or a situation to scare us to scare us out of our stupor or rut and remind us of our intuitive ability. Our first task is to understand what is holding us back from listening to our intuition. Have we accepted roles in our families or in our outside world that keep us stuck, that we believe will keep us safe? Is it difficult to risk making a change? What is holding us back from moving forward with confidence? We may have voices telling us, you can't do that it's dangerous out there, or you're just going to humiliate yourself, you know. Listening to these voices keeps us in our comfort zones so that we keep in our habits. Sometimes we're afraid to be without security or without certainty. We have so many excuses for why we can't do something. What we really need to be willing is to be willing to stand and face the unknown. Our second task, finding that being good, being sweet, being nice will not cause life to sing. Experiencing one's own shadow nature, particularly the exclusionary and exploitative of self, like the stepmother and stepsisters, we must acknowledge and make the best relationship we can with these parts of ourselves. We need to let go of how we have been taught to be and see our true identity so our intuitive self can be taught or can be born. The shadow elements are aspects of ourselves. That our ego considers undesirable or not useful and therefore relegated to the dark. We comply with accept roles in order to be accepted in various situations. Vasilisa is disenfranchised for she inherits and is inherited by a family that cannot understand or appreciate her. As long as she accepts what the family says she is, she will remain trapped and cut off from her intuition. However, we have choice. We can continue to please others do what others want, be the person they think we should be, or we can observe how we are going through life unaware. And then we can question our life and start to make changes. But we may be afraid that if we stand up for ourselves, we will alienate others. And we may be kicked out of the family or kicked out of a group. And so we spend our time trying to prove our worth, why we should not be kicked out of the family. But if we continue on our habits, we're really alienating ourselves from the, tooth, the truth of who we are. Vasilisa's reward for being good or nice was that she is eventually cast out by her stepfamily. But sometimes we need something to cast us out, to push us into the forest. We need to be jolted out of our thinking that if we try harder to be good or do what others think we should, we will be accepted. However, this thinking puts our fire out and we are left out in the cold, alone and miserable. We have to leave the staff family, go into the forest and meet the great wild hag. Our third task of going into the forest It's dark and scary, but we must consent to enter into the locus of deep intuition and begin to experience being in one's own intuitive power. Learning to develop sensitivity as regards direction to the mysterious unconscious and relying solely on one's inner senses. Learning our way back home, heeding the doll's directions. Learning to feed intuition feeding the doll, we must let our unaware sleep, unaware, a self, sleep self go and shift our power to the doll or intuition. Dolls are one of the symbolic treasures of the instinctual innate nature. In this story, the doll represents the little instinctual life force that is both fierce and enduring. It is the symbol of what lies buried in human that is numinous, it is a small and glowing facsimile of the original self. Intuition is the soul voice voice speaking, the voice of inner knowing, inner consciousness. It is not a quirk. Intuition senses the direction to go that is of most benefit for us. Vasilisa mother bound her to the doll. Being bound to one's intuition promotes a confident reliance on it. Just as Vasilisa fed her doll, we must feed our intuition by paying attention to the promptings and the feelings we get to listen inwardly. Our fourth task, facing the wild hag. The tasks of meeting of this meeting are to stand the face of the fierce mother, Baba Yaga. We must familiarize ourselves with the arcane, the otherness. We must bring some of Baba Yaga's values into our lives, like being a little odd and in a good way. We must learn to face great power in others and sub- subsequently our own power. Baba Yaga lives in a house squatting on chicken legs, it whirls and spins, it has a mind of its own. It is of the, of the instinctual world, and Vasilisa needs more of that in her life. The house is alive, bursting with joy and enthusiasm. These are the symbols of the wild woman archetype. Baba Yaga functions in a world where nothing is what it seems, when magic seems to happen, the hands, uh, such as the hands appearing to do the tasks. Meeting the Baba Yaga forces us to look at how our life has become mundane, continuing uh, routine with living without life and returning to what we consider normal. Now, um, we are still dealing with the ban- the pandemic, but many times when I've talked with people about the pandemic, I hear them say, I can hardly wait to till, till we get back to returning to what's normal. Well, there is no normal. There's a The the life that we had before the pandemic is going to be different. It's not going to be, we can't go back to that because things have changed. Our usual ways of doing things, um, what is normal? Our usual ways of doing things that keep us in our own stupor. This thinking swelches our intuition and keeps out the light in our psyche. The power of Baba Yaga is just, is not is, it's just, it's not threatening. Baba Yaga, I mean, Vasilisa respects the power of Baba Yaga. And because she respects the power, she is not hurt or destroyed. Vasilisa came to Baba Yaga seeking fire to take back home. Baba Yaga agrees, but Vasilisa must do several tasks to learn the fire, earn the fire. The tasks represent staying with the wildish feminine nature, understanding the purifying, sorting, nourishing, building energy and ideas. In our modern society, our technology and industrial uh, cultures um, keep us from missing out on these hands-on experiences. However, we have Baba Yaga to instruct us in order to Um, order our house and in our ordering we need to sweep out the house sort out what is not needed no longer valid restore order we need to prepare our space and feed our soul we need to cook up new ideas and new ways of thinking without the fire our great ideas our original thoughts remain uncooked and everyone is unfulfilled feeding our intuition feeds soul to provide an alternative to our ego drives. Baba Yaga teaches us how to be true to our soul. The task of separating this from that, learning fine discrimination, separating one thing from another, to make fine distinctions in judgment, observing the power of uh, the unconscious, how it works even when the ego is not aware. Sometimes we need to have an idea, we need to leave an idea or project alone and come back to it. Let it percolate before we understand the answer or the direction we need to follow. We say, I will sleep on it. That's a good thing to do because our dreams can give us answers or indications of what what needs our attention and the direction to go. In our dreams, our unconscious has a chance to come through to bring um, symbols, show us, um, help us work out um, situations that we're going through. We need to learn what should live and what should die in our life. In this story, Vasilisa's mother, the too good mother needs to die, but she gives Vasilisa the, the doll to start her on her path to getting in touch with her intuition The mother must die so that Vasilisa learns how to free herself from the pattern that keeps her in place, keeps her being nice, stuck in her unproductive life. We need to learn which roles and or habits we have developed that need to die because they are keeping us from being our true self. The next task of standing on all fours. Baba Yaga gives Vasilisa a fiery skull on a stick and tells her to go. This this task represents Vasilisa taking an immense power to see and affect others, looking at her life situation in new eyes. Vasilisa has now created the capacity to see within herself, to follow her inner knowing, her intuition. Intuition must be continually consulted, each step along our path. When we don't follow our intuition, our choices turn out poorly. Recasting the shadow. Vasilisa returns home, carrying the skull on a stick in front of her. She almost throws the stick away, because the, but the skull reassures her. Once back home, the skull watches the stepmother and stepsisters, stepsisters and then burns them to acid. acid. The tests here are using one's own acute vision to recognize and react to the negative shadow of one's own psyche and or negative aspects of a person's events or life. To recast the negative shadows with hague fire. The fiery skull represents intuition. Vasilita now carries the blaze of knowing. She has fierce senses, meaning she can hear, see, smell and taste things out to possess good intuition takes work first one must watch and comprehend negative forces within and without then we must gather up the will to do something about what we see sometimes it's easier to throw away the light and go back to sleep but if we persist nourish and follow our intuition we can take ourselves home a new life. How do we cultivate intuition? First, we need to recognize that we have a trustworthy inner voice. We all have intuition, whether we want to recognize it or not, and we have a choice. We can either pay attention to our intuition or we can ignore it. Second, we must give ourselves time and space to listen to our inner voice. We can review our day Ask ourselves, where am I in all that I have experienced? And just take time to to not be distracted by technology. Put our cell phones away. Turn off the radio. Turn off the TV. um, Close our computers and just sit and be quiet and see what comes to us. Paying attention to our dreams um, is another good way to cultivate our intuition. When we sleep, our unconscious mind tells us through symbols what we need to pay attention to, and gives us clues as to what issues we are wrestling with. And just as a, an advertisement, Hugh John Mulanovey recently gave a class, Lucid Dreaming, but we also have a weekly group, a dream group, where we meet and discuss. Uh, somebody will talk about their dream, and we discuss it, and help each other understand um, the symbols that are being presented in our dreams. So that's something else to think about. Um, in an article written by um, physician and New York Times bestselling author, Lisa Rankin, MD, her, she gives these suggestions. Get creative. Engage in creative activities such as drawing, scrapbooking, or free-flow journaling. Consult your body. Your intuition speaks to you many times through your body. Sometimes you may get a, a feeling in the pit of your stomach or something may, some other part that um, you're sensitive to. And... If, you're, if you take time to really, the time and space to listen, then sometimes your body can tell you if you're not feeling good about something. Escape from your daily routine. Get away, slow down, go on a retreat, take a sabbatical. Try clearing your schedule and see if your intuition pipes up. Spend time in nature. Being in the natural world away from technology and, co- and the cognitive minds other temptations can open open up the kind of intuition we need whenever um, we're around others. Feel more, think less. The mind thinks, always chattering, arguing with itself like a crazy person. Intuition, on the other hand, feels. If you're not sure whether you're listening to your to your feel for fearful mind or your trustworthy intuition, see if you can differentiate whether you are thinking or feeling. But most of all, as you cultivate your intuition, don't be afraid to go into the forest and don't be afraid to get in touch with your Baba Yaga energy. It's what's going to give you the jolt that you may need in many situations to take you out of your mundane, everyday thinking. Thank you, everybody.
0: So um, I thought uh, today that I would go back to um, the traditional closing that we always did back in, uh, back in the day, back in Santa Monica, which was we always used to close out the Sunday meetings with the um, Transcendental Interpretation of the Lord's Prayer, which I certainly think is an invocation for intuition if you if you look at it in the right way. So let me let me start a little background music. And by the way, I have permission from the artist to use this. So Uh, let's just see here. Sort of get us into a nice receptive state of mind. Our father and our mother, who are in the highest and the lowest, the first and the last, thy name is on the heavens and earth, for thou art all. Thy kingdom, the spear of thy rulership, is within me, seeing which I may enter into thy wholeness and thy perfection. Thy will is the ruling power in the heavens and the earth, and thus it is well with me and with all men. Thou art this day my inexhaustible supply, feeding me with living bread and clothing me with the raiment of thy right-useness. Thou has always given me thyself for myself and the power to transcend my nature in receiving thine. Thou has always set before me the task of accepting my divinity, whereby I am delivered from myself into thyself, for thine, mine, ours is the kingdom, the power that rules therein, and the glory of our own creation. And so it is. Thank you, Anne.
1: Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Richard.